Meanwhile, at Krakoa. <sighs> One more time then. For the children. Alright, I'm in. Alright, and leaving behind talk of money and getting back to the real matter at hand, we're offering two seats on the twelve-person council. That will act as the first government of Krakoa. The council is temporary, I assume, until a more formal structure is agreed upon? Perhaps. We'll find our way as we grow. Regardless, it's the spark that sets things in motion. And what begins as a fire will grow to an inferno. Ugh, dreary. Okay, but why two seats? We need to bring Sebastian Shaw back into the Hellfire. Ah. But I just got rid of him. Well, we need you to to be the face of our legitimate trade with the nations of the world, Emma. The consummate politician who partners with countries with who we have official relationships. And for the ones we do not... You want a black king to run the black book operations into countries who reject our sovereignty. Get the drugs in, get the mutants out. Can we count on you? Will you do it? I'll do it. But not for two seats on the council. Excuse me. One moment. Oh my god. Mm. Emma. That's good. What's your decision? Put a splash of pineapple juice in the gin and tonic. It's divine. Damn it, Emma! I'll be needing three. Hello, and welcome to episode 103 of CBQ Legacy, this comic book queers. Hi, I'm Evil Jeff, and this is our lovely host, co-host, Brett. Hi! Sometimes I feel like I'm the host. Okay. And what am I, chopped liver? What am I, chopped liver? Has anyone eaten chopped liver recently? Not recently. Report back on how we're feeling about it? That's not that bad. I don't mind liver. Anyway. I don't think I've ever had liver. Anyway, what was that we were listening to earlier, Brett? Oh, that was a scene from Powers of Ten, number five, by Jonathan Hickman and R.B. Silva. We'll be talking about that book a little bit later on in the show. Ooh. How have you you been, Brett? I've been really good. I hear you've been sick. Yeah, I was sick. I uh, have had a cold that won't go away. And it caused me last week, I, I think I mentioned in the podcast that I was going to see Little Shop of Horrors, and I couldn't. Because I I'm took, so upset about this. I took too much cold medicine on an empty stomach, went to see a matinee of Hustlers, saw Constant Wu stripping, and ran out and puked up everything. <laughs> oh, no. And then I was uh, done for the day. I couldn't go at night uh, to, the, to the show. Her stripping was real bad, but the movie was real good. Uh, it looked good for the first... Literally, I watched the first two minutes. <laughs> and that was it. You missed a lot. Yeah, it was pretty dreary because we were like in a basement, like the, all the screens were like downstairs, so there was no cell reception. And I basically was like, couldn't tell my b- boyfriend, like, I threw up. So I was like, ah, he'll figure I haven't come back to the movie for a while. Ooh. And he like found me just draped on a couch outside the men's oh. bathroom. And he was like, where are you? It was very dramatic. How, how long did it take for him to get come out and find you? Um, I was in the bathroom up chucking for a long time. So it was only right after I stumbled out of the bathroom and kind of collapsed on like a, an outside couch. He came out just like a couple minutes later. Oh, good. I would have waited for the whole to like most of the movie. <laughs> I know. He was, I realized he was like, was it's on. really good. <laughs> I was like, you can stay and watch the movie. I'll go home. But he's like, yeah, I'm not going to. He's like, I'm not going to enjoy Leave the movie me. now. Leave me here on this butter-stained couch. <laughs> anyway, uh, but you know what? I still read some comics because yeah. because I love this podcast 
I'm still well, keeping on. I've got a hot topic for you uh, in the world of t- comics. Oh, really? Um, Should we yeah, go to our I, theme song? Let's do it. What are you going to pick? Hot topics. Hot topics. Oh, we um, so totally it off. seems that... We were totally off. It seems that uh, Sony and Disney have made up... Yeah, and we're gonna have one more Tom Holland Spider-Man movie set in the MCU. Woo! Thank God, what a surprise! Thank God, I'm kind of being sarcastic and kind of not. What a surprise! Wait, did they say it's only one? They said they made a deal for one movie. And so, but does that so that mean no side appearances? Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I then read a follow-up article that said one Spider-Man movie. So they made a deal for Spider-Man three. Let's call it. And an appearance outside of that movie oh, okay. in the MCU. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Yay. I know. It's just like it all. I honestly feel I wonder who decided to cave. Do we know what the deal is? Like who got no. the better deal? Uh, I think right now it's 7525. 75% Sony, 25% Disney to really oversimplify it. So I think maybe Disney probably caved a little bit. I hope so. I think they realize they like, enough. they're like, we're fucking so rich. Why are we just going to piss off all of our fans? Like for them, an extra, the amount that the amount of money they make, it's like, just like pittance is the extra money. They're willing to piss off all their fans to get that for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we're okay. Um, I wonder what, what other movie he'll appear in. Uh, well, that's the thing. I mean, it's int- I feel like this is just the current deal. I think he's still going to be leading up to being in the Avengers. I think that they'll do more deals. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the movies, of superhero movies, this I found very interesting is that uh, the Joker premiere, they banned all interviews. Yeah, they because, banned the press. Because there's too much backlash over the movie inciting incel violence i think i've heard um this before that todd phillips is just kind of a douchebag but a lot of the shit he's been saying about the movie makes me really hate this fucking guy what 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 did he say that made you hate him he got mad that there's all this attention and there's all this sensitivity around violence in regard to joker but not john wick he specifically cited john wick 3 as a movie where somebody kills like 300 people and it's and it's applauded it's cheered but it's and about I'm like, the yeah it's motivation. about a world of assassins it's about a bunch of people that he's killing people that kill it's like a fictional world of assassins joker is like oh i'm pissed off that everyone hates me so i'm just gonna kill a bunch of innocent people it's terrorism right it's the difference yeah. between being an assassin and being a terrorist yes so uh, to um, yeah. draw that false equivalent, it's just people whose brain that works that way. Piss me off. Well, it's funny. because Todd was, Phillips. Yeah. I was talking to someone and he was like, well, I mean, it's just like, it sounds like the Joker is just like a superhero version of Taxi Driver. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, Taxi Driver, what's the big deal about that? I'm like, uh, somebody shot it's the president. Awful. But somebody shot the president over the movie Taxi Driver. Right. So if, you, if, you're, if you're trying to say, oh, it's just like Taxi Driver, that is not helping <laughs> your... Wait, did you just say you don't like the movie Taxi Driver? No, I love Taxi oh, Driver. Okay. But no, Travis Bickle is awful. Yeah, yeah. And, He's an awful man. And a crazy incel person decided yes. to, because he wanted to impress Jodie Foster, shot Ronald Reagan. I mean, yeah. you know, I hate Ronald Reagan, but still. Yeah. He could have yeah, shot it, it, Nancy. It, <laughs> Sorry. Was that. Just say, just say no. Please soon? just say no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, everything about Joker upsets me. My friend Jamie and I are, have plans of going uh, Thursday night because oh, we got to talk about it. Like I don't, I don't particularly want to see this movie, but I, got, I want to talk about we it. We have to. We're going to have to see it for yeah. uh, for the podcast, so we can. And I said to her, I was like, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Some. I'm afraid someone's going to shoot shoot us up. I don't want to go into a theater for this movie. And she's like, oh, please, we're seeing it in Harlem. We'll be fine. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> I'm in the safest neighborhood in the country. Actually, I feel Harlem would be good because at least I feel like the, the move that's a movie you want people like yelling at the theater and like yelling at the screen. You also want people knowing that that guy's fucking crazy. 
Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. What is this? What is this straight white boy doing? He's out of his mind. Exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, do you have any other hot topics you want to talk about? No, I don't. But I am waiting for something. Cue the music. Welcome to Waiting to Exhale, a special segment about the X-Men. Yeah. We're going to talk about Powers of Five, number 10. <laughs> what? I'm crazy. Wait, did you do that on purpose? Powers of 10, number five. No, no. <laughs> what are you, me? That's should I do. What did you think of this issue? I think it's great. It's fun. It was very uh, Emma-centric. So yeah, as Emma oh! Frost fans, we are eating well. I must say, I we are being know. fed. It's just like it's fucking Emma Frost porn, left and there's, right. There's a ton more Emma Frost than there is Jean Grey in this shit. <laughs> yeah, eat it, Jean Grey. So it picks up with another Xavier quote, and he's all like, "They think they will think we are doing one thing, but the truth is, we're doing something altogether different." What fun! Who knows what these people are up to? Yeah. Uh, let's start at the beginning and uh, we take a look that uh, where did, does it start with uh, under at Atlantis? Forge. Oh, Forge. For it's basically Forge making the Cerebro powerful enough so that it can do all of the backups. My question is: is at what this is year zero? Do you think that this is before? Forge took away Storm's powers and started a relationship with Storm because it's year zero. I don't. You know what I um, Forge's clothing and Xavier. Well, because he has it the makes X-Men me think, clothing on, right? Yeah, it makes me think we're we're hovering around the Jim Lee X Men number one. But he was still in space at this point, or is it like right when he gets back? No, that's when he gets back. He was like an ancillary member of the blue team, wasn't he? Yeah, so it's like right when he gets back. Oh, yeah, because remember there was like the fake Skrull Xavier when they went to the Shi'ar Empire? Yeah. When Lily, uh, was it Leela Cheney teleported them all after the extinction agenda? And then that yeah. brought Xavier back. So it's like right around here. But this says. And he's X- like just back from Shi'ar space. He's like, I got all these new gadgets. My girlfriend gave me these logic diamonds. Okay, but then why does it. It says X0. Is that just. It's all. It's just. It's, I've been saying this for fucking weeks. It's years zero through nine. Okay, all right. You've not said that for weeks. Yeah, it's like. It's the whole like. It's not year 10, it's years 10 through 99. Okay. All right. I will acquiesce to that. All right. So uh, they decide to use Shi'ar diamonds as apparently logic that's, diamonds. Logic diamonds are really great backup drives. Antimatter engines. So basically, Xavier's like, I need five backups. I'm copying every mutant soul on the planet. I need, I need five different backups. The number five keeps coming up. Yeah, why? Like the original, oh, there's the original five. Like when Xavier was looking up in the sky when Moira first met him, there were those five birds in a circle. He was What's controlling five five birds. What do you think that's about? I don't know. Maybe it's just like the honor of the 05 and honor of the original five. I, I, I think it's every, we don't know this, but every day for lunch, Professor X gets a $5 foot long. Oh. Five, five dollar foot long. And he's just like obsessed. Um, I think it's because Xavier is a kleptomaniac and he always helped himself to a five-finger discount. <laughs> That's what I think. So Forge is the one who built the soul-catching Cerebro. Great! And, oh, and doesn't it say, like, Forge has been... Oh, yeah, we get the Cerebro data page. And it's all like... You know, lately, Forge has been tinkering around with biological machinery, and he's gotten really good. Yeah. I feel like a lot of this issue is setups for Dawn of X stuff. Yeah. That's that Forge thing being one of them. Well, here's... Okay, so now... After this, I think there's... And this is one... It's just hidden as the the in this graphic about Cerebro. Here yeah. is... We kept asking, where is Moira? 
there was all these different things of like different places in Krakoa. And there was one place where we did it. It was called the no place. And we didn't know what was there until now, apparently. I believe this and is. And it's the, Moira. It's Moira's no place. So she's hiding in a special, like, like outlet in Krakoa. Yeah. Like an offline tumor? What is she doing there? I have no idea, but she's with one of the backup stations. But that's what I love about this, where in, just that he threw in Moira's no place. It's so oh, nonchalant. And, but then you're like, wait, what? wait a minute. It still also says that we don't know what would happen if you put a different mutant mind in a separate husk. Now, I, I one of the things I really want to know is at what point was Xavier's mind rebooted from Phantom X back into his original body from an egg? Because that had to be what happened, right? That has to be what happened. Like, I think this is just a way of getting rid of the whole I am X thing. But that, <laughs> does that mean where is, but then is Phantom X back or? I'm yeah, interested. where's that body? Because I feel like, yeah, yeah that, that's something that seems easily explainable. Yeah. But I also feel that them saying that over and over, I feel that someone's mind is in the wrong body now. Don't you think? Well, they say they say yeah, and but they say that it it could be fatal unless that person, like the body or the mind, has got some ability that can help them deal with it. Wait, Mystique. Okay. Her like tra- her like body transformation powers. I bet sure. you she could handle having like Moira's brain. Maybe. Huh. Okay. Do you have any theories on that off the top of your head? Um, Who do you no. think could be a fake? Who do you think could be a fake? Um, who's bu- who? Primary or secondary ability that would overcome potential damage? Uh, Wolverine. That's interesting too. X twenty three. Oh, Gabby. All right. These Deadpool? are all possibilities, and if they come true, you heard it here first. You heard something here first. Uh, the other thing. Oh no, we said that. We said that it's it's. So this definitely is like an Xavier who was like, okay, I'm gonna reboot from an earlier version, and I'm not gonna remember any of that X stuff. Cool. <laughs> Everyone okay with that? I don't. I, do you think he doesn't want to remember it? I guess since it he said that he it said he did that and you would do that so you like cut out some memories you have. Wait, where does it say that? Does it say that here? Um Oh, maybe I made that up. <laughs> All of those are interesting possibilities and I think any of them could be true. But that leads us to Emma Frost. The Emma scene at the Louvre. She's just she's just hanging out at the Louvre. And uh, Magneto and Xavier co- show up and she's just like, uh, subtle much. Uh. She's like, you two together are trubs. Yeah. And, at, okay, so here's the thing. At what point in time do you think this is? Uh, I think this is very recent because Xavier's walking around with his helmet on. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Cause, oh, yeah. Because it is after she's already the Black King. But then it's weird. I wonder why yeah. she stopped being the Black King and went back to being the White Queen. Yeah. Is it, Hickman. Is it, is it this scene? No, she's in white. But, I mean, I guess. I don't know. I, th- I think she was like, okay, it's a whole new, it's a whole new ordeal. I've been wearing white lately. But basically, she's like, I don't want to fucking do this because, oh, you want to create a nation? Uh, hello, Genosha. I just love that it's, she's like, you of all people, Magneto, should know that this is a bad idea. That's like, the, those are the only two people that survived Genosha. Yeah. She's like, what, am I going to get a third mutation to survive this next one? Right. I mean, I'm sure there were other mutants. I didn't read the Excalibur with Xavier and Magneto on Genosha. Oh, I'm I didn't sure there either. Were other survivors. An Excalibur that doesn't have a single, like, doesn't have Captain Britain in it or, or Megan or Kitty Pride or Nightcrawler. No. No, thank you. 
Anyway. So she's like, what the fuck are you two talking about? And they're like, come with us to Krakoa. And then Krakoa. she... Del- Krakoa. I want someone to make like, uh, you know, those like stupid, like, come visit New Hampshire. Yeah. Like, oh. videos, but with Krakoa. Ooh, we should do that. <laughs> so she's like, oh, sigh. I'm in one more time for the children. Her best line ever. Yeah. And it brings back that all over time, her main goal is to save mutant children and to foster and teach them. And everything that she's done, morally corrupt or questionable, has had the overall directive. And I think the exception is the crazy inhuman storyline where she was so distraught over Cyclops that she went crazy and just murdered a bunch of inhumans. And I think Hickman is like, we're going to just forget about that because it was stupid and it was bad and it was dumb. And this is who Emma is and this is who she's going to be going forward. So just deal with it. Thank you. And before that, I will say, before she says that line, I think we also need to look at uh, the Krakoa pod with the flower that uh, Magneto hands her. Yeah. Does that look familiar? I thought that was just how they opened up a gateway. Yeah, but that pod is the same pod. Oh, yeah. It's like the baby machine face. Yeah. Yeah. It looks very similar. Mm Mm-hmm. It's as like the phalanx, the the seer pod that the, the the mutants in the future copied themselves into, so the phalanx can absorb copies of them. Yeah, the thing that turned the baby's face into like techno organic. Exactly. Yeah. So this is me thinking this. I this is my. Uh, well, I guess that what they did it to the baby's face. That was in the apocalypse timeline, right? Yes. But this future timeline, I think these people, this is a world where the mutants, it's just the mutants are the, the dominant species. Yeah. I think those are all mutants in the thousand years in the future. I agree. The blue people? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because that's the weird thing is all of this is you're thinking, how is this all going to go wrong? How are we going to, how is all, all this can't stay how it is. The mutants can't win. The mus- mutants always lose. They're always the outcasts. They're always the underdog. And I think Hickman is like, no, just like Moira said, this time we're breaking all the rules. We're going to tell a story where the mutants actually are in charge and are in front of everything and are winning. Yep. Uh, we have another, um, like, uh, tease of inferno again in the mm-hmm. scene as well and what begins as a fire will grow into an inferno says magneto that feels very much like i think madeline Pryor had a line leading into inferno back in the day where she's like and like the final line of the book before inferno was yeah. like and engulf you all in an inferno i love it got that same vibe so Emma's like, okay, they're like, okay, Emmett, we need you to be basically run the economy of Krakoa with shipping. You're going to ship drugs to countries and you're going to get the mutants in those countries out of those countries and bring them here. So this is all a big setup to Marauders. Very exciting. Um, they're like, we need you to involve Sebastian Shaw so he can do kind of the black book stuff with the countries that hate us while you're like the legitimate business person. And she's like, well, I, I, I don't want two seats at the table. The table being this governing council of Krakoa. Of 12. Well, not we 12. Don't know how many it's going to be yet. Until yeah, the next true. page. Right. But Emma's like, I'll need three seats. So Emma's thinking of bringing some help into this whole being the, the, the trade, the trading company of Krakoa. Running their economy, essentially. Uh, and we know by now who she means. Uh, if you don't know... You better ask somebody. And we're going to spoil it. (laughs) She's going to bring in Kitty Pride, Who is going to be the Red Queen. This is what Emma does when she is worried that something isn't going to go on the up and up. This is why, like, she admitted to Kitty in Astonishing. In Whedon's run, the reason I brought you onto the team to replace Jean is because I can't trust myself to... Yeah, and um, she's like, and I know you will take me out and I know if I go you bad. will watch me. 
you will watch me and you will take me out, which leads to that great moment. The disappointed Miss Frost, yeah. astonished Miss Pride. That was that was the payoff of that moment. And here she is doing it again. Yeah, and I think that's where probably Kitty Pride is. They have a of a preview clip of her coming like into a limo with Emma for like I think it's the Marauders like preview. Yeah, and I think it's the exact same deal where Kitty Pride's like "fuck you, Emma," and then she's like "I need you to keep me in check," and then Kitty's like, Ugh, "All right." I kind of love that. that. I love that dynamic. That was the same thing with that Uncanny X Men run with Psylocke and Magneto. And Magneto brought in yes. Psylocke where he's like, you have to keep me on the up and up. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just that. so wonderful considering where Emma and Kitty started. Like this. He ki- Kitty's she kidnapped first her. experience. She <laughs> right. fucking kidnapped her twice. These two. Am I right? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for all the Emma Kitty content that we're going to get. But listen, on the next page, they list the Council of Twelve, but they black out most of the names. Uh, and it's split up into four seasons, autumn, winter, spring, summer, three council members members on each. And then there's Krakoa, which is represented by Cypher and Krakoa. But unfortunately, they fucked up because in a digital release... When you actually like highlighted the words, you were able to get the words <laughs> oh from gosh. the blackened out parts. So we know who the council is, and we're going to fucking tell you right now. Brett, who is in the Council of Autumn? In Autumn, it's Professor X, Magneto, and the redacted name we know to be Apocalypse. So the three big power hitters. And then in winter, um, I have a feeling that's going to be three traditional villains. And so we believe that is going to be Mr. Sinister, Mystique, and um, who's the other one? Exodus. Exodus. And spring, we know, is the Hellfire Club, which is Sebastian Shaw, Emma Frost, and Kitty Pride. And then summer is the X-Men which is led by Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, and Storm. I love it. This is incredible. Are you surprised by... I think there's a notable absence in there. Scott Summers. Scott Summers is not there. And I think... You know why? Is I think they're the council that leads it. I think he leads... Like he's if like he's like the head of the Pentagon. You know what I mean? Like he's Yeah, he's the field leader. He's, he's the, the general. He's the general. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the field leader, for sure. Because honestly, if he was on this council, oh my god, he would be such a pain in the ass. <laughs> he would not stop being a, a a disagreeable pain in the ass. We don't got time for him. But here's the deal. Why is there not a comic that is just this? Oh, I bet there will be. I want there to just be a political intrigue, like almost like a, a what's it, a procedural. Yeah. Of just them dealing with different issues, of fighting with each other, backstabbing. Because you know the, I mean, the bad guys, they're going to be like doing underhanded things to try and get their agendas forward. Give us Game of Thrones, the Krakoa Council. Come on. I love it. What do you think of Exodus. I feel oh, like no. I don't care about him. That whole... I've never cared about the him. The Alkalites was so uninteresting. And, and the Alkalites came about after Jim Lee and Chris Claremont left, so they were just never really developed well. Yeah. I don't like his stupid shoulder pads either. Those yeah. the gold metal. What are you doing? All the Alkalites had that. Let it go. And Exodus, go. is he just a tele... No, he's the one that can ex- adva- make people's powers super powerful. No, he's. Te- I thought he was an Omega telekinetic. Oh yeah, who's the one that could make his make people's powers extra powerful? Yeah, um, Fabian Cortez. Fabian Cortez. I guess he's. Al- I guess they're all alive now, right? Everybody's alive. Ah, it's so confusing. <laughs> so here's what's interesting: How many Omegas are on the council? We've got Storm, Jean Magnet. Grey. We've got Magnet O. Storm and Jean Grey and Exodus. Storm and Jean. Exodus. I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Interesting. So the um the seating chart, their like org chart on the next data page, um, 
in one of the other powers of 10 issues uh the symbol for machine when they tell you about like machine and world mind and intelligence and phalanx like that chart um the symbol for machine matches the uh seating chart for the government for the council love it so so that's fun and there was this was spoiled because earlier there was a preview Mm. pick released of everyone and people are like, oh, look at this cool picture of villains and good guys together. Not knowing that it was the Council of Twelve missing Kitty Pride, but there was an open seat, which apparently yeah. was welcoming Kitty Pride to it. Which, I mean, Kitty Pride has always been the audience character. Kitty yeah. is always like, we see things through Kitty's eyes. So that makes total sense that the empty chair would be for her. So then Xavier goes around and he's like, hey, all mutants, including all the villains, come to Krakoa. And then the last one, he's like, hey, come to Krakoa is Namor, and this scene made me pregnant. (laughs) Let's read uh, the last exchange between him and Xavier. I mean, just do you want to read Namor? The last three panels, I think, are pretty powerful. Well, it's all Namor talking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's just about, yeah, where this is his view of, like, of them deciding to, like, usurp their power uh, and put forth their power as a, as a dominant race. He just says so much here. He basically, well, yeah, he says, it's good that you finally figured this out, but let me ask you, do I strike you as someone who's just now realized how much better I am than everyone else? And do you actually think that I believe you feel that way too? Go away, little man. And don't come back until you really mean it. So he's still not impressed. Yeah. He's like, let me see some results. Let me see the receipts, bitch. Yeah. 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 Let's see some blood. And meanwhile, Blood in the ocean. Well, Namor is making some blood in the ocean in the other comics. So Yeah. What's going on with him? He is basically just waging war against the land because of pollution. Right. Oh, yeah. Environmentalism. Yes. Yeah. Which I kind of love. That's great. And then we cut to back to the back to the future with Marty McFly and, and the Libyans. <laughs> uh, the Phalanx accepts their offer, and then to just to, uh, yeah, and then just absorbs the Elder in a very painful way. It looks like yeah, a kiss on the forehead. Ooh, just like Storm gave to Cyclops. That's what this reminded me of. Yeah. So I guess we learn that, like, yeah, the Phalanx will totally accept a copy of you so that you'll live on forever in our supreme intelligence. But we're going to kill the shit out of you. Yeah. So he's basically, we're going to absorb all of your your minds and then destroy your planet and use the energy to feed off of. Yep. 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 Careful what you wish for. Ugh. So here's one thing that's interesting. Somebody I read online pointed this out. So they go through the whole thing of like, but the phalanx are not the end-all be-all of this kind of collective intelligence in the universe. They work for people and they work for basically the biological or the more like fundamental building block, protons, neutrons, neutrons version of them. And, and, and those versions are black holes. So Hickman is doing this thing where black holes are actually societies that become so intelligent that the intelligence becomes so dense that the society collapses in on itself and forms a black hole. But these black holes are all interconnected. And so he's basically saying that God is a connected series of black holes. (laughs) And the only thing... That's what I said about my black holes. Hey, oh. I said that about my 20s. The only thing that these these gods, these collections of super intelligent black holes are afraid of are Galactoid and the Phoenix. Yeah, that Galactus was interesting. We are getting some heavy Phoenix shit around the corner. I'm calling that right now. Know what I would love to bring back with Phoenix stuff? What? I really loved Alan Davis's take on the Phoenix in Excalibur. Yeah. Do you remember? Um, do you remember Farron? Yeah, Farron. 
like and so there was kind of like this one person that had the phoenix forever ago and then the lineage like his whole lineage was just waiting for the phoenix to come back and then he was all pissed off because then it ended up going to Jean Grey and Rachel instead I I wish all that would be brought back I find I found all that very interesting and that kid was clearly a faggot oh clearly yeah he was a little twink who was real bitter yeah about not getting the sparkly powers yeah Mm-hmm. I relate. So this whole thing is coming to an end very soon. Yeah, there's two more. I am two more. Sad. Yeah, but then it goes to Dawn of X, which is written I by know. Hickman, so it's still going to be continuing on. You know what Dawn of X is going to make me do? Go back to buying hard copy books at a comic book store. Going back to having a pull list. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need all them issues. This is my problem is I really just like uh, trades, but because of this podcast, I can't do that. That's right. You're going to have to buy them and store them. Well, that was a lot about comics. That was a lot about comics, but we've got a little bit more because... What have you read from me lately? Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of these Merry Mutants, I read New Mutants War Children by Chris Claremont and Bill Sankevich. I did too. What'd you think? Um, I I will say from the stuff that Chris Claremont has been writing, I really liked this. I missed this team and this version of it. I missed Sankevich, Sankevich right? Yeah. I missed his I missed his drawing. I love how he did the new mutants. I love all of that, but there were just some things where it was like, I didn't understand how, Oh, if you get touched, you're infected. Oh, oh now they're not thank inf- you. Now they're not infected anymore. Right? And I was just like, how? So that was just like a big plot hole that I didn't get. My heart loved it. My mind couldn't fucking follow it. Yeah. Yeah. I do want more of it though. Cause I did. My heart loved it. The voices, the art, it was great, but I swear to God, I don't understand Warlock. I swear to God, I don't. Yeah, I didn't get it. Yeah. I almost wish yeah. it was just like them just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, like Slumber Party. Yeah. I mean, that had, yeah, but it had creepy stuff too. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I got to say this. I'm not a big Warlock fan. There, I said it. Um, He's always freaking out about something. Yeah. He's way too emotionally needy. He's such a hype. Sorry, I don't mean to gender him as a male. I think he is. And usually when Cypher was there, Cypher was always the one that would, like, figure him out and calm him down. Which happened. He always has to be calmed down. Always. All the time. Just fucking relax. Even, like, he's... Just, he's got these swings. He's either like super scary and crazy or like super happy and needs way too much love like a big puppy. Yeah. And I can't take either. Well. Fuck you, Warlock. I have no yeah, I have nothing against you, I have nothing against him, but I have nothing for him either. Thank you. And then like I'm trying to struggle like, oh, does this make sense with like what Hickman's establishing with the oh God. Of course it doesn't. It's Claremont. Wait, what what, what do you mean? Just like what a technarch is and what the Magus is and what the T.O. virus does, all that. Oh. Nah, I mean, let Claremont just do whatever the fuck he wants. Right. That's that's pretty much how it is. It doesn't I mean, I still I still liked it. I'm gonna read it again. I'm sure like after the fourth time I'll be like, Oh You're gonna read it four times? Okay, good luck to that. No, I'm done. I love the art. I love, I know that. Did you, have you reread that run? I read that run like maybe a year ago and it's so good. Especially with the bear, the bear demon. Yeah, demon bear. Yeah. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and that's what Legion first came when he was drawing it too, I believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was all yeah. amazing too. Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. oh and, God. All right, let's move on. What else um, did you read? I read Strike Force number one by Teeny Howard and Jaman Peralta. I did not read it, but I want to because it has a faggot in it. 
It does have a faggot in it. It's also like the Avengers X-Force. Okay. That's the way it's being sold. That's the way I've understood it. It's like their Black kind Ops. of like kill squad. Okay. Yeah. Are they killing people? Well, no. Um, so what happens is it opens with the team um, having broken into this big research compound and are like, they have these test tubes of the deadliest viruses on the planet and they all chug them. And then they, that's then they cut to the actual Avengers um, getting to this compound, which is in chaos. And people are like, there's they have viruses everywhere. They the, the band people are inside and they, they release the viruses. So the Avengers go in and they find Monica Rambeau, Angela, Bucky. Wait, who's Spider Angela? Woman from Thor, the one that was in Spawn that Marvel bought. Thor's new sister. Oh, right. The, okay. The, the lead from Th- Spawn. Wiccan and they're like they're holding the test tubes they're like what are you guys doing why are you guys releasing viruses they're like what we didn't we didn't do that what are we doing here so this whole book the premise is like long story short spoilers it's these like Norse Thor fairy shapeshifters that are like pretend to be the heroes they kidnapped the heroes pretended to be them did the stuff with all those viruses and then like left the heroes there to be framed and blade like breaks them out after they're they're taken to prison by the avengers blade who's an avenger like breaks them out he's like you guys need to come with me he's like i fought these motherfuckers before they infect your mind so the rest of the avengers can't know about them but i need you guys to take them out wait why did they drink the viruses I have no idea because those were really the fairy shapeshifters, not the real people. Oh, okay. So it sounds like you didn't like it. It's I. I don't think I liked it. I read it a second time. I was like, no, I didn't like it. (laughs) And then like Damien Hellstrom shows up and they kill him, thinking he's he's a shapeshifter. Listen, you guys, I don't know. And the end of the book is this whole letter from Teeny Howard. Teeny Howard writes this. She's writing the upcoming Excalibur. And her but she whole, was like, I'm sorry, this is bad. No, just kidding. Well, no, I mean, her whole letter is about the words trust me and how, like, scary those words are, but we have to trust her. It felt apologetic. That's, that's always a bad sign. Yeah. So I'm going to read it again, but. Mm. All right. Uh, ew. I read a DC oh, book. Oh, my God, you did? Yeah. Ew. I had to What'd see it. Uh, action comics. I needed to see this, how Naomi enters. It's that new character, Naomi entering the DC. Like it's her and Batman and Superman and the wonder twins, literally the wonder twins. Oh, fun. Um, I love them. She basically gets, apparently in the Naomi comic book, she's from a different earth full of superpowered people. And then this bad guy named Zimbago, Zimbago. He said true Vago. No, that's that hotel. Trivago, yeah. I'm gonna say Trivago, spokesperson. So anyway, um, he's hot. Uh, uh, Some bad guy basically destroys the planet, and before the planet is destroyed, her parents send her. It's almost like uh, Miss America. What's her name? Uh, Mm -hmm. Is that her name? Miss? Is she Miss America? Yes, sure. She's America. it's the same thing, but instead of lesbian parents, it's just, I guess, straight parents. Send her to our Earth just to be adopted. and uh, But she finally discovers her powers right as Truvago comes back. And her powers just manifest, and she shoots him back into the portal to send him back to the destroyed planet. But now she's like, I have these powers. I don't know what I'm doing. And she's flying. So she's like, I'm just going to fly to Metropolis and try and find Superman to figure out what's going on with me. And she sees him fighting, like trying to look like fighting the Red Cloud. And then she shows up, and then he's like, who the fuck are you? And then he takes her to the Hall of Justice Batman shows up, the Wonder Twins are there, and he's like, hey, here's some teenagers. They're going to like do biopsies and do medic, medic scans on you. And it's basically her just kind of like her introduction, and they're all like, you're super powerful. What's going on? And honestly, her powers, it's just all of this energy manipulation. It just feels very Monica uh, Rambeau-ish. Boring. It feels like Monica Rambeau. 
You guys, but a teenager. Brian Bendis sucks. He's lost it. He's lost I it. I don't want to read anything he writes anymore. Remember House of M, how good that was? Yeah. New New Avengers, how good that was? What happened? Brian Michael Bendis. So it was stupid. And then he starts fighting the Red Cloud, uh, Superman. And it's like, I just, it's, who cares? It's stupid. So I give it a ew, 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 ew. Did you read anything God. else? No, I didn't read anything else. I did Fuck it. No watch a bunch of stuff. Really? Well. Yeah, so. Sing it, Brett. Let's get critical. 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 I wanna. Uh, All right, so where do we even begin? Well, let's just start where we did last week with our fight. Um, about. <laughs> oh, my God. I played the fight. For my boyfriend. <laughs> and he Our fight over American horror, horror story. story. Yes. And he immediately just started like, fuck, fuck Ryan Murphy. Fuck him. <laughs> oh my God, Joe. He hates Ryan Murphy so much. Ryan Murphy is going to end our relationship because I've been sick. So I was just binging things and the politician came on and I was like, I like... Benjamin Platt. I'll, I'll fucking watch oh, him. Oh, my God. It looks amazing. Gwyneth Paltrow, Jessica Lange. It looks like a dark comedy about fucked up people. It's who, like election. and It's, it looks like political satire, like election. Yeah. And it starts off really fun. And be okay, right? Me watching Ryan Murphy TV shows is basically me. I feel like I'm in an abusive relationship. Yeah. I keep on thinking, no, this Ryan Murphy one will be different. No, it always goes off the rails and gets horrible. It starts off really fun. And just like all the American horror stories, everything else he does, it just, the characters start doing crazy things. All right, you know how, like, when you do improv, they always say you have to heighten, like, the game. You have to heighten the premise. And especially when you're doing, like, when, when the scene, when a scene returns, you have to heighten it. But there's times where it always says bad improv. They heighten it where you're either the president or you're in outer space. And where it's like you don't have to take it that far to heighten something. And he just he heightens it where characters are literally everything that's set up with characters. It makes no sense. There's two hot twins, or his brothers are two gorgeous hot twins. They try to murder his dad. They try to murder the dad so that they can get all the money in the will. The dad discovers it because Benjamin Platt's character is adopted. And so the dad hates him. After the, the two twins try to murder him, he's like, you're out of the will. And Benjamin Platt, I love you. And you get all the money. And then a couple of episodes later, the dad shows up with the twins and goes, I changed my mind. I don't love you. You're cut out of the will. For it makes no sense. You're like, why? And now you're with two people that tried to murder you. Like, just, and they just did it because he needed to lose his money to advance the plot further. Like, yeah. he doesn't give a shit about character development. It just made no sense. And then the last episode, set because each season is basically leading up to him when he eventually runs for president. Oh, how much time passes over the course of this series? So then three years pass, and he uh, is in New York now, and basically everything went horribly wrong, and he's like, and and he, he kind of, and I don't understand, he got kicked out of Harvard, and like nothing went his way. And uh, but for some reason, they're like, and now you're going to run for city council for for the state assembly of New York. And I'm like, why? He's an embarrassment. So it made no sense. And the last episode, the two people that he's running against, like the other Democrats he's running against in the primary is Judith Light and her uh, who I love. And her press secretary is Bette Midler. So they're like in the end. I saw them in, in previews. But I'm just like, I love you guys, but this is garbage. It's garbage. And that's why I decided to watch the second episode of American Horror Story. Why? Because I 
am insane. Did you watch it, Brett? Did you watch the second episode? Yeah, I loved it. Ah! He makes too many things happening. There's two serial killers, and now what? There's a ghost? Now there's a ghost. Oh, yeah. Welcome to American Horror Story. They just. Brett, that's awful. It's awful. Ugh. And then that flashback to Emma Roberts' wedding where her husband oh murders my everybody. Something's up with that. That, ugh. I hate people it. Are saying, people are saying that this is going to do a Roanoke twist and that what we're watching is actually a movie in that universe. And then the actors are going to... Yeah. Like, that's why the... That's why they're leaning so heavily into 80s slasher garbage. Like, the special effects are garbage, and the acting is garbage. They're saying that it's actually an 80s slasher film. Oh, what if they had yeah. the older actors, like Sarah Paulson and Lily Rabe, play the older versions of them? Oh, baby. Why do I even care? It's awful. This is, why, it. ah, this is why we watch. Oh, it's so bad. Did you watch anything else? Oh. I can't talk about this anymore. Yeah, The Politician is on Netflix. Um, I watched a movie on Netflix thinking it was a series. And then after like an hour, I was like, how long is this? And I was like, oh, shit, it's a movie. Um, But it's pretty cool. It's sci-fi. It is called In the Shadow of Night. Um, I don't know who created it, but it stars uh, Boyd Holbrook, who is Donald Pierce in Logan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And then um, other actors whose names are escaping me, but... It's essentially a story about two detectives and their lieutenant. Their lieutenant is Michael C. Hall, Dexter, who um, find these murders. Like, it basically opens to three people in the city dying. Like, all of a sudden, one's a bus driver, one's a concert pianist, and one is, a like, a line cook. And they cut to all three people who are scattered throughout the city. All of a sudden, they all start gushing blood out of their faces, and they die. The detectives find they all have the same three kind of injection holes on their neck. Okay. And they track down um, they track down the woman who did it, the woman who injected them. They track her down, and in a struggle, she dies. So this this is kind of they're calling her a serial killer. She um, in a struggle with the main character, the detective gets hit by a subway car and dies. Until nine years later, when the same murders start to happen, and he investigates them again, and he sees her again, and she's the same age. So she's back to life. Did she go through, she's like, killing... some time portal or something? Yeah, I'm thinking this is a time time travel. Oh, you didn't movie. finish it? I didn't finish it. I've only watched half, because I wanted to get in Titans. Okay. The last episode of that. But In the Shadow of Night, very cool. It's on Netflix. Um, if you're a two-hour movie, two-hour sci-fi, time travel, cops. Yeah, very by the book, very formulaic, um, but fun nonetheless. But yes, Titans, season four, season two, episode four. Did you watch this one? I did. The flashback to when they were a team five years prior to when our story takes place. So, I... It kind of drives me crazy, these flashback episodes. I felt that this episode could have been a five-minute flashback. Because we already know Aqualad isn't there. So we I, already know. What's we coming. already know I, Aqualad the whole episode, is dead. I'm like, oh, this guy's so dead. Yeah, so you're like, when's he going to die? When's he going to die? I honestly feel they could have just showed like a montage of of the fight and then him being killed and then of, of him and... And uh, what's her name? What's uh, Wonder Girl's name? Donna Troy. Donna. Them, that they have a relationship, and then he gets killed, and then cut back. Like, why? Why all that other shit? Like, yeah. It, it was just... It, I felt like it was just... There's a lot of momentum really happening, out. and I felt like it kind of... It kind of stunted the momentum of what was going on. Yeah. It was like, all right, let's pause for way too long. Give you some backstory. It's like, okay, we get it. I was always wondering why Aqualad um, was a beefy straight white guy when it would would have been such an opportunity to add diversity to the cast. Now I know. Because he's dead. Because he was killed off. Because <laughs> he's killed off and you can't do that. Uh, but they did add diversity to the cast. They've added uh, trans deaf actor Chella Mann is playing Jericho. Yes. And is that, that's, isn't that... Uh, Wilson's other kid? 
I have no idea. What do you mean you don't have any idea? I don't know who Jericho is. You you know more about DC Comics than I do. I have never heard of this Jericho. Well, uh, anyway, he shows up, and but then didn't they say that? Wait, what's his name? Slade Wilson. Yeah. Uh, he killed his son, and that's why the daughter wants to kill him, right? Right, 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 right. Yes. Yeah. Jericho's name is Joseph William Wilson. So is this Chella Man? Was that in the pat? Was that in the flashback? No. Uh oh, Jericho is the one using sign language. Um, yeah. And receiving gifts. So yeah, is that? I couldn't tell if that it was happening five years prior or now. Because then it's like, was he killed? That because then who was? They said the son was died, and Jericho is the son, and he's playing Jericho. I don't know. I guess we'll have to just wait and see. I guess we'll see. But can I just, I just want to bring something else up. Yeah. Know who's like just zooming to the top of my bang list? Ooh, who? Nightwing. Yeah, I'm telling you. He's. I was talking about it last episode. He's so hot. He's so hot. He stopped my husband's in his tracks. I was just like, oof. He's gorgeous. Oh, I will say there is like the kind of male love interest for Benjamin Platt and the politician. Woo! He's very he's oh, yeah? very dreamy too. Yeah, dreamy. It's Ryan Murphy. But it's a definitely Ryan Murphy's good that Ryan way. Ryan Murphy has a type. It's kind of this brunette, blue-eyed, white type. Yeah, which gets a little boring after a while. But this guy, he was very cute. All right. Um, so yeah, Titans is, it, you know, it hit a bit of a snag. Trudging along. I, I really do like that they've expanded the cast and are including more Donna Troy, more Hawk and Dove. Yeah. We're meeting new characters. I still hate uh, Raven's new hairdo. Yeah, and actually, I hate Raven, and I'm, g- I'm glad she was not in this episode. Yeah, she's getting annoying. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, well. that's that. I, think I guess we have, that's that. We have one final surprise that you. Yeah, we have about. a very, um, really glad. Um, we have a very special guest who's been waiting very patiently here in the studio with me, the East Coast studio with me. Um, somebody who is going through a lot of upheaval right now with her fellow mutants. Um, somebody who's really gone through it, uh, but she remains um, positive, optimistic, hopeful, and an inspiration. To us all, uh, this is uh, one of the 12 members of the Krakoan Council. Ladies and gentlemen, we are very pleased to have in the studio with us for a brief interview, Miss Jean Gray. Hello, Jean. Hi. Hey. It's fine. Hey. I was just I was just telepathically listening to your neighbors. Yeah, just like listening to what they were talking about and what they were They were having a fight. Yeah, he apparently doesn't do the dishes. Yeah. Oh. Gene, uh, um, this kind of casual mind reading is going to lead me to get straight to it. Um, so you and your fellow mutants are making a huge power play right now with establishing your own sovereign nation state. Um, there have been some rumblings of, let's say, some casual willy-nilly use of telepathy, uh, that the psychics on the island have been kind of taking some liberties with their ability to push minds in certain directions, or in your case, eavesdrop. Um, and how do you feel about the role that uh, telepathy has played, whether it's been explicit or not, in the whole ascension of Krakoa? Hey, you know what? Ever since Trump was elected, we finally were like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Like, it's yeah. just, let's get... And, you know, honestly, I don't really have to do it. I just leave it all up to Emma and the cuckoos. And, like, they just kind of, like, do it all. But I'm just, like, you know, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's, like, it doesn't matter, like, how you get there. It matters, like, that you end up in a good place. So who cares if I have to, like, you know, mind wipe that Uber driver downstairs, you know? That's a, I don't want to talk. Do I don't do want to talk him? about. Well, 
we were supposed to, you know, there's a New York, you know, Krakoa pod. And so, you know, it's not up here in Harlem where you are. So I decided to take an Uber. And uh, he got fresh. He got <gasps> fresh with me. And I could have done many things. I could have crashed the car. I could have done a lot of things. And instead, I reached into his mind and I made him impotent for the rest of his life. Oh, my God. You can't do that to people. Whenever he thinks, whenever he wants to have sex and starts to get an erection, he just gets the view of the view. Like a fight on the TV show, The View, of Joy Behar and Meghan McCain fighting for their lives. And he's never hard again. Oh, my God. That's terrible. I just, I, I feel like. Don't judge me. A bit I feel like you're judging me. I'm on the council. Did you know they put me on a council? Like, I'm in yeah, charge. So we covered that council earlier in the show. Who is your favorite member of that council right now? Who do you find the most um, to be the most engaging collaboration? Well, okay. It depends on like what we're talking about. Because sometimes, like usually me and Storm are always like giving each other the roll eyes, you know? Because a lot of times like Mystique is always like, I have something to say. And I'm just like, Ugh, shut Ooh. up, Mystique. You know, you old bitty, like, who cares? And uh, so she's like my sister. And then Nightcrawler, honestly, he's the most annoying because he's always like, you need to be good. God, God, God. And it was like, oh, my God, what is, you know, what has God done for you lately? Like, do you know, like, chill out. Did God raise you from the dead? No, Xavier did. So deal with it. I know. And I never thought I would be saying this, but strangely... Me and Emma, when the when Xavier goes on one of his long, boring rants, which is a lot, Emma actually takes me and like we kind of just go into a little like astral plane. Oh, fun! And we kind of bitch about Cyclops. Do you drink? Do you shop? I have. Well, here's the thing. Can we be honest? Can I be honest with you? Please. We're both fucking him. I was going to ask where things stand with Scott Summers. We're both having sex with him. Are you in an open relationship? Are you a thruple? We are, because I'm also fucking Wolverine. Get out! Yeah, I mean, it's like, this is the deal. We were like, we're back together. And then finally, Scott was like, I feel like you're going to read my mind when we have sex. And my mind might wander. And I was like, it's going to wander to Emma. And he was like, yeah, and I don't want you to get mad. And I was like, you know what? Do it. I'm going to put us in a psychic rapport and we're going to have sex. And when we had sex, I was pretending he was Logan and he was pretending I was Emma. And it was the, I never came so hard. Wow. So finally we were like, fuck it. Why don't we just do it with them? And just who gives a shit? And honestly, it's the relationship's been the, the best it's ever been. That's amazing. I'm gay men have it right. Open relationships are where it's at. We do. They are, and I'm really sensing that. I your whole new fuck it attitude. I feel like it's opening a lot of doors for you individually, for your friends, and for your race. It did. I think ever since I went back to the boomerang mask and the mini skirt. Yeah, it's kind of like like I'm a hot commodity, and I'm you know it's like, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Jean Grey, any fun recipes to share? Recipes? Yes. Um, I guess Emma taught me a new cocktail. Oh, do tell. You take the blood of X-23. Oh, my God. And you drizzle it over vodka, and then you add a splash of Baileys. Wow. It sounds like a perfect drink for the holidays. It's called a Santorum Runner. Oh. And I'm telling you, it gets you messed up, but there's no hangover. Oh, up, wait a minute. I'm getting a psychic alert. Oh, crap. I have to go kill some diplomats. I mean, I have to go shopping. So it was nice meeting you. Uh, Good to meet you. All right. So goodbye. 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 I'm going to just break your window and fly out. No. Bye. All right. My window. Oh my god.
She broke my window. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't say anything. I was just too in, in awe of everything she was saying. They're going to be trouble. Wow, she's fucking Wolverine, finally. Yeah, open. All open. Polly. Yeah. Open your relationship up, with guys. That's what... If you learned anything from Hickman's X-Men run, open up your relationship. That's right. House of X is ultimately a command to open up your relationship. <laughs> well, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. I hate saying ladies and gentlemen. I feel like I'm so programmed to say that. What's wrong with ladies and gentlemen? Well, it's because it discounts other people. Uh, what's It discounts non-binary people. Okay, well, what's, what's a good uh, catch-all for non-binary people? Everyone, um, friends, friends, Con- my friends, confidants, confidants, comrades, oh. Okay, comrades. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of three of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. Yay. Yay. Uh, if you have other comrades that you would like to share in the festivities with then ask them to subscribe to the show um, and follow us on uh Twitter, Instagram, we're big. We're big there. Evil Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you. How are you? Um, 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 how are you? Uh, how are you going to celebrate our hundred and third episode when we're done? Um, yeah. I am going to take a nap. <laughs> what fun! So am I. All right, everyone. We are sleeping. Thank you so much for listening to Comic Book Queer's Legacy. And remember, if you read comics, well, that makes you. Queer. Queer.